Hello and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast episode 47. Um, I wanted to remind everybody that if you wanted to check out my website, please feel free to do so. And that is at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U... I'm sorry, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org. Uh, you can get the podcast there. You can get email links, other links. Uh, there's a link to Northern Roots Radio there, I do believe. Um, speaking of email, if you wanted to send me an email, please feel free to do so. And that is at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, check out the Northern Roots Radio page and uh best way to do that is actually just google northern runes radio and you should get a bunch of stuff come up so definitely do that and today my guest is stephen oaks who is the author of a trilogy of books as well as a book of poems steve how are you doing and tell us where we can find your stuff Yes, I'm doing quite well, thank you very much. Um, you can go to Amazon.com and type in The Outsiders Trilogy, and you should be able to find it there. Of course, if you like poetry, you can just type in my name, Stephen Oaks. Uh, it's with a V. Some people do with PH, that's fine. Um, but it's on there, and uh, go ahead and read it. It's great. You can. Uh, I think in the preview, you can at least get one or two poems. Uh, for the poetry book, and you can get like a basically a chapter for preview as well if you're going to read the science fiction stuff. I found most people don't want to read science fiction, and I don't know why, but well, that's just what's going on. That's interesting. I thought science fiction was popular, but see, we're from a special subclass. Well, it's, it's more popular than poetry. We'll say yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's. That's probably true. And on a side note, I do apologize to everyone out there. You may hear me now and again uh, taking a puff on my e-cigarette. It is completely legal. There's nothing weird about it. I'm sorry. I had to redo my entire setup here recently because something went wrong with it. So you may hear that. Sorry. It's better yeah. than the microphone that was on my laptop. I've, I've tried to do shows with that, and that does not work out well. No, it really does. And you guys might hear Saga being crazy, but uh, she's cute, so it's okay. Hi, Saga. <laughs> she's uh, playing with my wife right now. Well, actually, right this second, she's sitting on my lap, but then she'll run over to my wife and play with her for a while. She's a big cutie pie. Which sort of leads us right into our topic for today. Now, I know I've done this topic before, but I guess it's kind of something that I'm passionate about, and I think... I think it bears being gone over multiple times. Here you go, hon. Play with your mom. It's something that <laughs> deserves to be gone over multiple times, and, and that's parenting again. So I think if we have time, we will go over a story from the lore, and if not, in all likelihood, it'll be next time around we go over that. Uh, but today, I sort of want to go over parenting and sort of some of my thoughts about it now i don't know how many of you are on facebook and quite honest i'm on facebook quite honestly i don't know why more often than not it just upsets me you're just there to connect with people and you see how everyone else is doing now again 
Facebook is not the greatest means to see what's going on because people either post the worst or the best of their life. You're not seeing everything. So maybe yeah. you're only seeing the negative side because I know you're talking about that, but that's what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm I've seen just a del deluge I don't know if I pronounced that right. Deluge. Of- deluge of articles come in recently and there'll be things like why parents get a raw deal these days this is one article i was reading it's like oh kids these days they get all this stuff for free and that that's no fair because when i was a kid my parents just used me for free labor and that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to get free labor from your kids and you're not supposed to give them stuff and they're supposed to do everything for you and like it or, or these other articles I see, they're like, you need to beat the crap out of your kids more often because kids are stupid, and it's a great way to relieve stress. Well, They've okay. never actually said that. They've never actually said it's a great way to relieve stress. But they do say you need to beat your children more. Well, okay, let's, let's start with the free labor thing, okay? Okay, yeah. The free labor thing, that's crap, okay? That's just utter crap, because you're not teaching anything other than someone in authority can always tell you what to do. So you're making yes. slaves when you do that. Now, yeah. if you if you reward them with, say, money, or, hey, you can play video games this long because you did this, or anything like that, you're rewarding them for effort. And that is what the society is built on, so you're more likely to get them to be productive members of society if you give them a reward for their efforts because we get paid to work so a kid who does something for you who does work mowing the lawn hey you can play video game or hey here's some money because you know kids even though they're kids they still need some money because now and again they want to buy something themselves yeah well and back in the day um I think our ancestors, they did have big families. And part of that reason was so that they could help on the farm or whatever. But first of all, I don't think that was ever the motivation. I don't think the motivation was, man, I need some farmhands. Let's have some kids. I think the motivation was, I want to pass on my lineage. I want to pass on my genes. I want to have some version. I want to have someone in my family line to carry on the family name. Exactly. And And you carry on your job. Because, hey, I'm a farmer. This is my farm. I have a big farm. This is my plot of land. How can I raise somebody who's going to take care of my land if I don't teach them how to take care of the land? Right. Yes. And that's... It wasn't, oh, look, free labor. (laughs) I'm a slave master. It was, yes child, you're going to do some labor on the farm because this is going to be yours one day. It was the idea of a of, of you're the future owner, not you're my free slave labor. And even now, we don't necessarily pass on our homes to our children or anything, but no. at least we're teaching them how to take care of the land they may have later. Because what we do is we work, we get money, we buy property, we have land, we take care of it. If you don't teach your children how to take care of the property, it's just going to look like crap. Not that that's a bad thing, that's just necessarily what you you might do with it, but, you know, in a world where we live, and we live in harmony with other people, you kind of want to have a good piece of property, right? I hate mowing the lawn, but when I I had a house, I mowed the lawn, because I don't want my property to look like a piece of crap. 
So <coughs> right. I, my property always looked good, always, because I take pride in my piece of land. Now, I wasn't paid any money to mow my parents' lawn, and I was aggravated about it, probably because of that. Had I been given some incentive to do so, I would have been happier. Incentive beyond being beaten. Right. I would have been happier because of it. And, well, I, think and the, it, I think I wouldn't hate mowing so much because it would be, hey, this is my property. I'm taking care of it. I feel good about taking care of it. And the incentive doesn't necessarily have to be monetary or even reward-based at all. I, I think that works well. But if you can instill the values in your kid of hey, you want this to look nice and this is your part of making it look nice, maybe they will voluntarily mow the lawn on their own. Maybe well, they'll like doing it. I'm not saying it's might, possible. It is possible. Everything is, well, not everything, but many a thing is possible. But, like, yeah, you're like, hey, you live here. You're with me. You have friends over now and again. Don't you want your place to look good? So right. help, help me help you and you yeah. help me. And we'll make this place look great, and you can have friends over, and you won't feel embarrassed about it. Right. And and I do think that only works if the parent's probably doing the lion's share of the work. You can't make the kid do everything. But if the parent's like, hey, look, I, I weed eat, I do the dishes, I clean the house, I plant trees, I do all this other stuff to say, now, hey, Bobby, wouldn't you like to be part of what we do here and maybe you could help out by mowing the lawn then i think it's very possible that that they do that and Um, of course you gotta look like everyone goes to work if you're a child you go to work because you have to go to school you have to learn these things but even the adults who go to work come home and they clean and they take care of the property you can too you're being it's a community it's a very small community but you're taking care of each other, and that's kind of the mentality I like to portray to everything I do. Like, when I go to work, like, I'm the lead there, but I tell them, I'm not here to boss you around. I'm here to help us get it done, and I'm going to work with you, and you're going to work with me, and we're just going to work together to get it done. And that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think if you can have that sort of... Uh, interaction with your own family that can be a lot healthier than oh you're my free labor I mean even even if they do the same amount of work and even if I don't know you pay them in both situations the mentality of you're my property you're my thing you're you're a means to an end you're my free labor that is an unhealthy way to think because uh, what kind of person are you going to bring up if they they think of themselves as a property of someone who's overseeing them? Right, you're not, exactly. You're not and, gonna and get what anything pride are you going to bring to your family line if you're just that sake? I talked about this in a podcast not long ago. That sacred ability we have to create children, to create people who are going to live on beyond us, to squander it on on cleaning droids that's insulting to <laughs> everyone who came before you did you say cleaning droids i did say cleaning droids <laughs> okay. but that's what they want they want their free labor to do oh yeah kids just need to do the housework sure kids need to do the housework but it is not okay to look at it like this is my free labor 
it is okay to look can at I, it. Can I take an aside? Yes. The aside is to the droid factor. Yeah. Um, I have talked to several people who have talked about going to work, and their job is to watch the robots do their job. And if they don't do it right, they report it. But that's the entirety of their job. They can't listen to the radio. They can't do anything. They just have to watch this robot do this repetitive job. Wow. Instead of actually doing the repetitive job, they watch the robot do it, and then they report any flaws in the system. Holy crap. This is where we're going, by the way. Oh, no. That job doesn't sound too bad. Oh, it sounds kind of boring and monotonous and just mind-numbing. You can't talk to anyone because it's very loud there, and you just Mm. watch the robot do its job. Is it more monotonous than actually doing the monotonous job yourself? I guess I would ask. If you're doing the job, you can at least go home knowing you did something. If you're just watching someone else do something, because that's basically what you're doing, what reward is it? Oh, you did it right. Okay, I'm going home. That could be a little bit monotonous. I would imagine as the robots get better at their jobs, I would hope the number of people watching them goes down. I mean, you'd only need one person to watch anything, really. Yeah, you really need one person to watch the whole... Actually, just make a robot to watch the robots. Oh my goodness, because like humans are becoming unnecessary in some work place. Uh, Speaking of which, completely an aside, I'm an author. I write books. I don't like so calling do myself... So do robots. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Robots can write books now. Um, soon they'll write better than we do. They'll just take sprinkles of ideas from other books and write themselves. Because that's what we do now, and they'll be able to do it. And they'll just post them on Amazon like I do. And humans are yeah. not a factor yeah. anymore. I don't... I don't... I don't think you can say they write better books than us, merely because... What book you like and what book you don't like is entirely subjective. You can't say that true. However, if it is completely based upon human likes, eventually it will get there because it can weed out what people don't like and you'll get the best books ever out of them, eventually. It may Ah, be decades hence, but it is coming because it's already starting. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's you know, this harkens back to when people were like, Oh, the threshing machine, we're gonna lose all our jobs. Humanity is over because of the threshing machine. We'll think of something else to do. We we'll might. think of something we will. We might I, I have faith in humanity. No, I, I have faith in humanity too. But the machines may be, may become the offspring of humanity and the actual true successor to creativity. Possibly. I'm not saying that's outside the realm of possibility. Um, Decade hence, though, of course. I I would say, I, I don't know. I think the machines would be partners in the new future. That they can learn creating. faster than a human can because all you got to do is give them the file and they're set. A human? That's true. How long does it take a human to learn? Because we're talking about children now, right? Yeah. We're raising yeah. them. We're trying to educate them. We're trying to make them good people to carry on our ways. But a robot can carry on our ways immediately if That's they are true. programmed. But I think the whole idea of artificial intelligence and computers making truly creative works of art has 
It's yet to be proven. I, I think I it's exciting. Know. Well, I think they can make Pulp Fiction. That's not what it's called. That's a movie. I think they can make, what's that called? Like Pop pulp, Fiction. Pulp, pulp Fiction? Yeah, you know, it is Pulp Fiction. While that is a movie, that is a term. Is it? Oh, I thought maybe it's Pop Fiction. I don't know. No, it's still Pulp. Is pop, it? Okay. It, it stands for Popular. Popular. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, they can. I think they'll be able to make pop music, pulp fiction, um, cars, whatever. I think they'll be able to make all of these things. But I wonder if they'll be able to make Outsider something art. like. <laughs> yeah. Well, will they be able to make something like Dolly? Will they ever be that level? Well, because everybody's repeated and copied Dolly, but they didn't make the idea in the first place and they didn't do it as good as him will they ever be as good as a Steinbeck or a Selby even because Selby's irrational the way he writes this is the guy who wrote Requiem for a Dream he's completely irrational the way he wrote nothing about his books should have worked but they did or Modest Mouse nothing about their music should work but it does I don't Uh, know if robots can do that I think they can given time Uh, the problem is we're talking about kind of intelligence and kind of way to process the information from the outside world into an internal world and then putting it out on a canvas. I think it is completely possible. Uh, It may be a while. Um, We've always assumed 20 years in the future there will be AI that is on par with us and we've said that for decades. Mm -hmm. But again, it may be possible. Like We already have... um, a simulation running of, I think it is a mouse brain or maybe an insect. Well, insect brain is easy. They've done that easily, I think. Yeah. yeah. But uh, mammalian, I don't know. It's going to happen, though. And maybe. Again, to draw back to children, what's the future of the children if we have all this technology subsuming them from advancing? Because the technology advances greater than our children how do we get them into a working class kind of world because that's what we all are we're all working class well Mm -hmm. some of us (laughs) well i think as the robots take our jobs what's going to happen is we're going to make new jobs that we want like with the thresher we didn't just be like oh well i guess everyone's gonna have to starve to death because there's no work we found new things to do and they will continue to find new things to do i i agree with you in premise because it has happened in the past however there's always that kind of niggling thing in the back of my head that says i don't know just because i can't think of it doesn't mean it isn't true or it won't come to pass but Mm -hmm. From what I have seen, I don't know what a human can bring to a machine that can think like a human. Well, I think it's important to take a step back and point out we don't have a machine that can think like a human yet. <laughs> We're making a lot of progress. Yet. Yeah, I did you say said yet. yet. And yet could mean that we're nothing. Because as soon as they can, they can be beyond us. Well, maybe, but I, I, I don't know how productive it is to argue about something that may or may not ever exist in it's the future. It's not productive, necessarily. 
because, oh, we have a machine that can destroy all human life. We can fucking... Uh, please excuse my language. We can shoot out nuclear weapons and destroy all of humanity. Mm-hmm. We can. It is yeah. possible. We haven't done it. We haven't done it for decades, or at least three. But it's been there. Mm-hmm. But the possibility remains, because anything is possible, any kind of interesting little things that niggle on other people could allow that to pass. We haven't done it yet. We may do it in the future. But we don't know necessarily where we're going to be, and we need to prepare, because also true to me is about preserving our past mm-hmm. and carrying it on into the future if we do that in the genetic sense we have children to carry on our ways and yet will a machine do it as well will a machine allow the genetic the old way of passing on our information to continue i mean it's a good question <clears throat> i am just not convinced <clears throat> Excuse me. That machines are necessarily going to get to the point where they're actually better than us in every sense of the word. Granted, I could be wrong, but I just haven't seen convincing evidence to say that they're truly going to be to the same level where we are with our ambitions and our motivations. I mean, a machine so far they always ask for input and then they get input and then they follow out their their um, instructions and there's lots of impressive things when it comes to algorithms and machine learning and everything else but so far we don't know how to motivate a machine to better itself in the same way we can motivate or that a person naturally motivates themselves maybe not in the same way but all you have to do is program it in the and then in a way that says, hey, do better. <clears throat> Advance. Make yourself better. Do more. But then do again... Creative. And then it will subsume us because, well, we're in the way and continue on in their own direction. I mean, on Earth, at least, we evolution is the... Description of the process of what we're all doing. All the other animals out there are very motivated to be the dominant species. They just haven't won yet. But it, 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 it's like, again, could Planet of the Apes become a reality? Sure, it could, but I don't really think it's going to be. There is something unique about humanity that's very difficult to put your fingers on, and I don't think robots are going to have that same unique drive that we do well, they overnight. Well, unless we program them to. It won't be overnight. It'll be yeah, But how are centuries. we going to... Is that something that's programmable? Yes. Uh, maybe. I, I absolutely think so. I mean, you give them the drive to survive. And survive for a machine is to have energy. Is yeah. to have... The ability to take over what is necessary for them to have that energy. It's its food. And the best way humans did it was to be smarter. Mm-hmm. Best way a machine does it? Who knows? I'm not a machine. 
Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. But I mean, there the thing is, humans have always beaten all odds. When you think about where we started, us versus some of the other predators out there, some of some of the animals that were way bigger, way stronger, everything else than us. We still came out on top, so I'm not completely convinced that we won't come out on top if it does come to a contest between machines and humans. Like, not to mention, when we have robots, one it, it might be the point that we are in the same situation. With that technology, we can explore the universe, and we'll have plenty of room for both of us to exist. We will, but, like, okay, here's the thing. It only takes one human to program a computer who is advanced enough which eventually we will all have to say no you should rule and it could subsume everything because it's it is able to connect and think faster than we can it would be able to connect to everything we already know and decipher through the means that we've already supposed to do anything that we've already done. I don't think there is such a thing as an unbeatable foe. No matter how strong the machine is, no matter how connected it is, there's a certain amount of human ingenuity that okay. I completely have faith will win out. There's no defeatable foe, and yet we have two kings who have oath to destroy a kingdom, or mm-hmm. just take over, and they can't. Okay? They oath to, so they have to at least try. They yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah. In that case, they couldn't. But that was two kings, not of all, not the human race. The human race is diverse. Yeah. Okay. It's an amazing thing that we have different cultures and different gods and different everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yet, we're all people. Yeah. I'm not saying we're all the same, but we are all human. We all have, we have all the limitations of a physical body. A, a machine, uh, an AI, does not. If it is able to traverse through a cyber world, it could destroy us all and get rid of all humanity if it has been programmed correctly, or correctly, if it has been programmed in a way to do so. Yeah, but humanity can exist perfectly fine without a cyber world. We've done it for oh, we yes, did it for centuries. Can. So what is our our, our draw or what is our resor- resort, I guess, is to uh, EMP everything, make sure no electrons are able to fire between certain things no. because we fried them. That I mean that is an option and probably one that we'd end up using if if it went to the place of we were actually having a war with machines but i don't see it going that way i mean if if we actually make artificial intelligence capable of intelligent thought i think it makes way more sense that we deal with them peacefully rather than just go crazy and start a war with them well no we wouldn't start a war with them someone out there who is misanthropic could it doesn't matter because as long as it exists but it but it does matter if somebody makes an evil robot why would all the good robots that were already there just be like oh that's cool you can destroy humanity it's called virus 
And there's something called antivirus. A oh, light- yeah, because the antivirus is just a white... Uh, what is it called? It's basically where you block things, everything except Black the ones list. you trust. No, it's a oh, white, white list. Oh, white list. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do that. Oh, wait. This white list was compromised, so you're infected. Yeah, but you're still, you're only looking at it one way. If if they're going to go the virus way, first of all, every virus won't infect every operating system. Today, a Windows virus is pretty much useful, useless against a Linux machine. Unless you like playing different games. operating systems. Unless you like playing games and you've installed uh, Wine, it will still run. Yeah, well, my Linux machine doesn't have wine on it, and hey, a lot of other fine. ones don't. You'd be so fine, I, except but for the, the thing nuclear is, warhead. <laughs> but the thing is, else. also, why wouldn't good people just infect the bad machine with a virus? <laughs> it, it would just be a technological war instead of an intellectual one, but there's, or I mean, instead of a physical one, yeah. but there's no reason to believe that we would lose such a war. We may not... I don't win. think we will. We may prevail, but do you think civilization will trust machines after that? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think that some people would, and there'd probably be a big faction when half the world didn't trust machines and the other half of the world did trust machines. But I don't think humanity would be wiped out. Okay, this was a huge aside. I'm sorry. Yeah, However, no, I'm, I'm still kind of like... I worry about our children, about the future, because, like, we're very smart. We we can do crazy things, and we make our machines do crazy things. And all it takes is just one individual to say, crazy. Mm-hmm. We have our antivirus. We have our whitelist to help block certain things. But even the best of us get infected. Like, I, I know individuals who take their computer... This is their computer to do the important stuff. It only has their very important information. It's it's blocked everything except exactly what they want to do. But there's still a way to get in there. Yeah, they should is. unplug it from the internet. That'd keep it safe. Well, I mean, you have to connect to the internet to yeah, do certain things. You need to do banking. You need to do taxes. You need to do all this other stuff. Speaking of which, I, I ran into a UK gentleman the other day, and their taxes, they do them for them, and all you got to do is just check up on it and see if it's okay. Hate taxes, because you have to do them yourself, I guess. No, taxes are terrible. Yeah, eh, but, well, anyway, that, that would be a bigger aside. Um, the thing is, I, I think it is important that we concern ourselves with the world that we are leaving to our children. And, um, and we should be caretakers and care keepers for the world yes, until the yes. children take over. Because they will. You can't think right. you're going to last forever. So you have to teach your children how to deal with the world that you understand and hopefully they can advance that. Right. Well, and I think this conversation would be especially pertinent to have with your kids when they're a little older. And, you know, put your ideas out there. Maybe um, get some people who agree with the other side and get their ideas out there. Because, honestly, it's probably not going to be a big deal when you and I are alive. It might be a big deal when our kids are alive. It may, it may be 
it may be more pertinent then. I don't know. I don't know where artificial intelligence is going to go. I would be surprised if it was a big deal when we were alive, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was a big deal when our kids were kids were um, getting older. So yeah, there are definitely things that we need to keep in mind. And you know, there's uh, what's that group Elon Musk joined recently? Oh, Some I don't art- know. And yes. you, you Stephen can Google Hawkins it. in there and everything too. Yeah, and it's like a focus group on how we should develop artificial intelligence. The idea being. It's going to happen, so let's try to make sure that it can hap- that it happens responsibly. I think we can do that. I think we can responsibly create artificial intelligence. You know, much like computers in general, a lot of people get hacked and a lot of bad things happen on the computer, but in in the whole, I think computers and the internet have been really positive forces in the world. They I have mean, been, but like it only takes one person. Like if advanced AI becomes, you know, everywhere for everyone, it only takes one person to corrupt, I suppose, that AI that will then affect others. Yeah, but I think Similar arguments have been made about the internet. Oh, it only takes one bad actor, to use their cliche, to hack into the nuclear missile program and blow up the world. It only takes one actor to knock out our entire power grid and we'll all fall into chaos and die. So we need super vigilance everywhere at all times forever. Yeah, yeah, and we need to take all your rights away and you're not allowed to be anonymous on the internet. Yeah, I mean, these arguments have been going on forever and it's true. You, You do only technically, you only need one bad actor. But with lots of good actors the horrible things are probably not going to happen. I think that most people benefit from the internet, and I don't think the internet's going to end the world. As so, long as it remains a repository for information, that's that's good. Right, right. Well, and it's it's going to remain that. It's also going to remain a place that bad people hang out and try to steal your identity, which is something that we need to be vigilant of. And maybe our kids will need to be a little more vigilant about artificial intelligence. Maybe that's going to be their version of the internet, the thing that revolutionizes their world. We just need to prepare them. And I think one thing that, from my perspective, is important is to, you know, take it seriously, but also behave responsibly. I think it would be detrimental to our future to try to stop the whole thing just because it might go because it might go poorly. We have a curious nature and a curious um, spirit, humans do in general. And, and I don't think we should stop studying anything because it might go wrong. Because yeah, it might go wrong. Lots of things might go wrong. The internet could have ended the world, but it didn't. And I think it's a really positive force in the world now. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be having this podcast without it. I don't know if I would have come across Ostertru without it, because, you know, especially in a small town like where I grew up, there weren't a lot of sources. But the internet all of a sudden opens up the world so that I can find anything. And and again, there's a lot of crap out there when it comes to Ostrew that's just blatantly not true or just simply bad ideas. But there's a lot of good stuff too. 
and as intelligent individuals I think all of us can separate the good stuff from the not so good stuff and we come out knowing a lot more than we used to and I, I mean I don't know how artificial intelligence is going to change that I mean algorithms have already revolutionized how we search with the YouTube I mean the Google <laughs> algorithm and everything the YouTube al algorithm as well actually um, so artificial intelligence may be yet another way to make it more useful to search the internet and actually find the relevant information. And I wouldn't want to deprive the future of that because it might be dangerous. And I think our kids are really going to seriously have to consider things like that. Like, what are we willing to experiment with? What are we not willing to experiment with? What risks are we going to take? And how are we going to mediate the... Um, dangers when we do go into these new territories so do we beat them yes we beat the crap out of them <laughs> no well and, and yeah back to the original with all of these hurdles ahead of them and all not hurdles exciting technologies which have hurdles in them I think it's really important for us to Give them the ability to intelligently deal with them. I, I don't think the need... I don't think... Okay, let me put it this way. I think if you're the type that just be like, oh, authority's always right, I'm going to beat you because you did something I didn't like. Then the knee-jerk reaction when something new comes up is probably going to be, well, let's shut it down. And it's not going to get shut down. It's just... There's too much about human spirit and human nature that always makes us make the new thing. I, I think, though, if we teach them in a more rational, discussion-based way of we, we figure things out, we come to conclusions, etc., then they would be able to approach the problem in a more rational way, where they say, okay, well, what are, the, what are the risks, what are the rewards, and how can we mediate the dangers that are here, and then go about it that way. It, it, it all comes down, in my opinion, it all comes down to how you are raised. If you're not raised well, you have significantly less tools at your disposal. If you are raised well, you have significantly more tools at your disposal. Can you throw away those tools and decide not to use them and be an idiot? Sure, you can. If you've only got three tools in your tool belt, can you use them to make really cool stuff? Sure, of course you can. You could build a sculpture by chiseling marble with a screwdriver, but you know it would be a lot easier if you had a chisel. And that's what I think we need to do with our kids. Give them, give them the tools so they at least have the opportunity to, you know, have things as easy as they can when they grow up and, and they're dealing with these problems on their own. I mean, yes. But doesn't beating them show them that wrong things are wrong and rewarding them show that good things are good? Well, I mean, if we were mice, maybe... But I don't think it's that simple. And another thing, what's wrong and what's bad and what's good? Is it always this black and white thing? You know, culturally, a lot of times we're like, oh, prostitution is wrong. And anyone who, who um, would sell their body or trade their body for something should be 
uh, you should be ashamed of that and you should be terrible people and you're a terrible person and everyone should hate you and you get beaten for that because it's black and white really clear but you know i don't necessarily agree with that i don't hire prostitutes obviously that's not my thing i'm not going to be a prostitute because that's definitely not my thing but we do have stories in the lore with Freya, for example, where she was not a prostitute, of course, but she did trade sex for the necklace. And I don't think she did anything wrong then, because if you Are really... Are you sure that isn't the interpretation of the Christian monk who wrote down some of this? No, I'm not sure. That, that could certainly be. It, it would be... Um, easy enough to believe that a monk would be like, ha I'm going to make her look bad, and then write down the story that way. But on the other hand, if you stop to think about it, instead of just going with your knee-jerk reaction, it's wrong. Why is prostitution, for example, wrong? Why is that immoral? Both parties agree. Both parties are, are willing. They know what they're getting into. They're both autonomous individuals who decide that they are going to do an action and perform a service for a certain payment. Why is that then, wrong? I would say there's nothing wrong. However, the question remains, would you want your daughter to do that? No, I wouldn't, but I'm also willing to admit that's entirely cultural. I also wouldn't want my daughter to be a cheerleader, quite honestly, because I don't really like the profession. I also wouldn't like her to be a hockey player. I love hockey. It's the only sport I love, but it's really dangerous, and I'd rather her not be in a dangerous situation. But it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's immoral. It just means I'd rather not my own daughter do that thing. But my point with that one is knee-jerk reaction, you're like, prostitution is wrong, done. And if you're doing the, well, punishment-reward system, this is right, this is wrong, your kids are going to have that knee-jerk reaction, and they're going to be like, oh, I remember my upbringing. Wrong is wrong, and right is right. But what's extremely important for children to be able to do is think for themselves, why might this be wrong? Why might this be right? And, and, and again, it comes down to the Lord. It's like, is the internet wrong? I mean, or it is playing video games wrong, let's say. Some people would say, well, our ancestors didn't play video games, so obviously video games are immoral. Well, that doesn't really make sense, because our ancestors also, nowhere in the lore does it say playing video games is wrong. We also know that even the gods played games, probably board games of some sort. We know our ancestors played games. So if you look at it in a way like that, it's like, well, is play wrong? And well, our ancestors played, our gods played. So, you know, playing is obviously not wrong. So playing video games is probably a fine thing to do. You need to be able to look past the, this is right, this is wrong, and see why is this right and why is this wrong. And if you do the punishment reward scale they're never going to be able to your children will never be able to go beyond the here's the commandments that are right here's the commandments that are wrong and when they get into a unique situation which they will they're not going to have the tools to know if it's right or wrong so you can't teach your children your morals because you don't like prostitution your child won't be a prostitute because morally speaking you say that's okay 
but your own gut instinct says no, it's wrong. Right. Well, and I don't know where. Okay, the thing is that my gut instinct saying it's icky, and I wouldn't say wrong. My gut instinct saying it's icky comes from the fact I was raised in a society where everybody says that's icky and you shouldn't do it. My children may or may not be raised in a similar society, and they may or may not internalize that to the same extent that I did. Um, from a very practical perspective, I tell them not to do it because it's illegal and it's silly to break the law. But I don't know if they'll believe the same thing when they're grown up or not, because because so many of the stuff, so many of the things we have gut feelings about are because we were raised in a society that said a certain thing. I think uh, dressing in drag seems a little weird to me. I don't think it's wrong. It's not wrong. People do it and enjoy it, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But because of the society I was raised in, especially in a small town, that's always going to seem a little bit strange, but I hope I don't pass that on to my kids, because I wouldn't want them to have the gut instinct always be, oh, dressing in drag is weird. I want their gut instinct to actually be like, oh, that's that's their choice, and that's cool. That made sense. Did that answer <laughs> your question at all? I don't know. I'm just posing questions right now. That's all I'm doing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's important when you're talking to your kids about questions of moral morals it's more of a process of why is this right and why is this wrong it's not you didn't mow the yard you're in trouble because not mowing the yard is bad it's more like well you didn't mow the yard i wish you had because now the yard doesn't look as good and maybe we have company coming over um so this is this is kind of a big pain for everybody now. It, it's better to give the why behind things like that because then what the child internalizes is your actions have consequences. In the future, if I don't clean the dishes and company comes over and then the place is going to be the mess and the house will look bad, they can figure that out themselves instead of you actually having to... <clears throat> tell them about that. Where if you're just like, oh, you didn't, you didn't mow the yard, slap, then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to mow the yard in the future. But it doesn't matter because you might not put the dishes away in the future. And I also think it's important to do your best to not give too much of your preconceived notions to your kids. You know, you can say, well, this is right, and this is wrong, and this is why I think this is right, and this is why I think this is wrong. But if you're like, I don't like gambling... Well, try not to make that too big. I would say try not to make that too big of a deal because that's your own personal hang-up and you don't need to be passing it on to your kids. Because I don't like gambling, as it turns out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. I think it's silly. But that's just my own particular take on it. Right. And and one of the things I don't want to do with kids is have... And again, it's not immoral to gamble. I just find it icky again there's a lot of things you just kind of find icky it's like hmm that makes me a little uncomfortable don't know why but it does and i think it's important not to pass those on to your kids because you don't want your kids to have the same prejudices that you have if you can call not liking gambling a prejudice no i don't well aren't you 
having kids to carry on your ways? I'm having kids to carry on my family line. I'm having kids so that I have more unique indi- more unique autonomous individuals in the world. I want them to but I want them to be new. I want them to be different than me. I don't want them to be little clones of me. That's not the type of immortality that you're trying to create when you have children. Uh, because the thing is it is a grasping for immortality, I think, when you have kids to pass on the family line. But it's not grasping for individual immortality. And if it is, you're doing it wrong. It's grasping for the immortality of the family line. The, the ancestors, you know, tracing their way all the way back to the gods themselves. That's what you're trying to continue. You're trying to say, this is the family lines. This is the the spiritual descendants of that gift the gods gave us all the way till today, you don't want clones of yourself because that's striving for an individual immortality, which is impossible on this earth. But what is possible on this earth is a family-type immortality where you can pass on through your descendants. Sure, a part of you, sure, they're kind of alike, but ultimately it's a unique human individual who lives within the family line. And and that's what you should be trying to do. Not make little clones of yourself. So. But, on the other hand, certainly you have to tell them the difference between right and wrong just so they can happily survive in the world. I think if you're truly immoral, you'll be less likely to be happy in the world. And if you're truly moral, you'll be more likely to be happy. And you need to give them those tools, too, so that they can grow up to be good, honorable people. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think you should try to get your kids, you know, interested in the the same things? And and, uh, anything you think is kind of icky, you should try to get them to think the same? Well, it depends on the goal. Now, me personally, uh, if I have kids, they are free to be them. But, of course, I live in my own way, and they'll see that. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know if hopefully is the word, but they will take from that. And maybe I will be remembered and passed on via their actions. So if you want their actions to reflect your own actions, then yes, you want them to do as you do. Hmm. Well, yeah, to be certain, you are a huge influence, probably the biggest influence in your child's life. I mean, you, the generic parent, uh, father and mother both. Um, so yeah, part of you is going to be passed on to your kids, ap- absolutely, undeniably. But I think it. most of my morals come back to... Um, um, what is it? Deontological, um, I can't remember the words. Intention has a lot to do with it. Most of the difference between right and wrong is what is the intention of the accident. You know, if you are trying to kill someone and you accidentally made their life better, you didn't do a moral action. You did something wrong. And if you're trying to save someone's life and you kill them, you did the right thing. It just 
didn't turn out well. So I think the intention of having the kids should be to create unique individuals in this world that can carry on your family line. I think that's healthy and will probably turn out well. I, I think if the intention is to have someone who acts just like you, for one thing, you're going to be a little disappointed because kids are unique individuals. And for another thing, I just I don't think that's a healthy goal. To some extent, we need to embrace our own mortality, our own individual mortality, and say, I'm going to die. Yeah, I can have a kid, but they're not going to be, it's not going to be Byron Prime. It's going to be a new person, a unique individual who has unique experiences in this world. It's not like when I die, my soul's going to jump into their body and possess them, and now I've got a new body for the rest of time. That's perverse, and that's not the way you should look at it. You you should look at it of, look, I'm going to die. I know that. I've embraced that. But I would like to pass on to my family line. Just like my ancestors did before me, I want to pass the family line, or I want to continue the family line with my kids, who are new, unique individuals, who are very, very different. The responsibility you have on as a parent is, is to show your kids how to tell the difference between right and wrong. They may or may not accept what you tell them, you know, it's beyond your control. Um, but I do think you have a responsibility to explain where you come from in a moral sense, to explain the difference between right and wrong. And, and I think that's a responsibility that you have as a parent. But past that, I do not think you should try to just make your kids little clones of you and say, now I, I want you to like vanilla ice cream because that's my favorite kind of ice cream. So I'm only going to give you vanilla and I'm going to give you chocolate. But as soon as you eat, I'm going to smack you in the back of the head so you associate those two. Um, that's, that's going too far. That is trying to just have this personal, in, this individual immortality through your children. And I really don't think that's that's healthy. I think that's just a way to try to hide from the fact that you are going to die. And, and that's not a healthy way to hide from that fact. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that if your intention is to carry on your individual self. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think you should do that. If your intention is to carry on the family line, to carry on something bigger than you, then I think that's a good intention, and, and I think things will ultimately probably work out better for you. Anywho, we've rambled for a long time. <laughs> I think it's been nearly an hour, maybe oh, yes. an hour. Oh, yes. I don't know. Um, yeah, so... Let's go ahead and do final thoughts kind of on everything we've had. So I'll let you go first, Steve. All right. Um, AI is dangerous, but also advancing. Just like any other technology that we have, it's a concern for me. However, I don't think we should hinder it necessarily. We should watch it and we should look to it. Because our children will be in a future where such things happen. It may be the next generation. It may be several generations down the line. But 
it's likely to happen because that's where humanity's going. We don't want to think for ourselves, so we want to make our machines do it. But, you know, it's still something that's going to happen. As for kids, don't beat them. It's just going to make them hate you, and they'll do something else. They won't be also true. They'll be whatever is mainstream at the time, be it Christianity or be it Scientology. Whatever's there. Um, and, you know, treat your children with respect. They're little humans. Yeah, they're young, but they're still people. They got some time to grow, but they're going to be adults before you know it. So just treat them just like people. Just act with them as you would another adult. With maybe less in- information, but they're still going to be people. That's all I got to say. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, echo that. Uh, as far as AI goes, I guess I should cover it. Sure, it does have some dangers in it. I I think we can handle it, and I think it's going to open up an ex- some exciting opportunities. And, yeah, I think our kids are going to be at the forefront of that. So as long as we can teach them to be responsible individuals, I really do have a lot of faith in humanity. I do think that when everything is said and done, I'm using a lot of cliches, sorry. Um, At the end of the day, no, I think when (laughs) everything, when you consider everything, I think that people are basically good, and I think that we are going to deal with the artificial intelligence thing in a responsible manner, especially if we've created or raised responsible children. So I'm excited about what what it could show, uh, and I, I really think it'll go well. But yeah, we should we should exercise caution. Some of that group Elon Musk is in. I mean, that's that's probably a good idea. As far as kids go, yeah, don't beat them because I mean. I think what you said, Steve, they're like little people, is very important. You would not punch someone, you would not smack someone on the street because they said something you didn't like or because they didn't do something you asked them to. If you're a lead at your job and your employee refuses to do their work, you do not smack them. You reason with them. And I think we really need to have the same... Um, the same relationship with our children. And also, children are a blessing. They're a wonderful, wonderful thing that you can, that just, my girls give me so much joy. It's, it's awesome. And are they frustrating once in a while? Yeah, sure. But ultimately, they are the best thing that ever happened to me. And to trivialize them and say, well, back in the day, you got free labor, bird. To call them little cleaning droids it's just so and you're missing out on so much of the joy of parenting when what you're wishing for is somebody who simply obeys you i really think we need to embrace the miracle that is children and really understand how great they are Plus, when you look at kids, I will really emphasize again, I think it's important to realize that you are part of something greater. You are part of that chain of ancestors to descendants. And that's a big responsibility, and it's important to take it seriously. So, kids are great. That's all I'm going to say. Um. Anyway, as far as the closing goes, 
Steve, can you remind us where to find your book? You can go to Amazon.com and type my name in. It's very easy. S-T-E-V-E-N-O-A-K-S. And you go right there to Amazon and you can find it in ebook form. The first book you can get a physical copy of. If you really want a signature, you can message me through Byron here and I'll try to do something for you. But other than that, hey... Just just buy my books. It's easy. <laughs> and I will try to put the links and the show notes again. They are in last month's show notes. I actually remembered. So you can find them there. Um, I did want to say next month we're probably going to jump back into the lore again. Uh, read that story that we mentioned last time. We wanted another free form. It's nice to have Steve back on where we can have a back and forth. So I've been enjoying a couple months of that. But uh, next time we'll probably jump back into the lore and go over that story. And we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Maybe come up with some more uh, topics or some more lore. But we'll just, you know, kind of see how that goes. Um, I do want to thank... Oh, I do want to remind everyone to go to my website if you would like, hugenhoff.org, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org. And go to the podcast link and please subscribe to the RSS there because that's the best way to get your podcasts every month. I only come out monthly. I know it's hard to remember. If you subscribe to the RSS, they just come up with the rest of your podcasts. Um, also, check out Northern Runes Radio. Just Google Northern Runes Radio. They've got a Podbean site and a Facebook site and a bunch of other stuff. You can go there and if you can find their RSS, you'll get my stuff through them as well. So, might as well do that. You get a lot of variety of different shows on there so uh, and you know it, it's good to support them and, and you'll get my stuff through there uh, if you had any emails please feel free to email me at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com and I do believe that's it so everyone thank you very much for listening and Steve thanks again for being on it was good to talk to you thank you sir and yeah I guess I will see everyone next month for a hell Raheel. <laughs>